LinkedIn presents. From entrepreneurship to global business leadership, from challenges to self-discovery to our ever-changing future, what separates those who win and those who get passed by? This is the Yes Factor with Winnie Sun. I'm sure you've heard the saying that health is wealth and your food is your medicine. In today's busy world where we've got meetings to get to, people who depend on us, it's getting more popular to look at ways to simplify life, outsource when we can while still prioritizing what's most important to us. I was recently introduced to a sister-brother entrepreneur duo who found an opportunity to not only take care of their own family, but is on a journey to redefine how we feed ourselves. They have a clear vision of the future of food and what we'll be eating next. It all started with a bright, ambitious 18-year-old. Laureen Azio founded Fresh and Lean from the kitchen of her one-bedroom apartment. Her father had been facing serious health problems after years of overindulging in processed foods, and she was desperate to help him reverse the damage. Lorena is obsessed with delivering good nutrition to as many people as possible. She is now co-CEO with her brother Thomas, who she asked to join her. Her plan is to make eating easy for people who lack the time or desire to prepare their own meals. And today, Fresh and Lean is the number one meal delivery service for fresh, ready-to-eat, gluten-free, organic meals and employs hundreds of employees out of their Southern California commercial kitchen. In 2020, Forbes listed her as a Forbes 30 under 30 recipient and reported company revenues exceeding $85 million a year. Friends, meet Laureen and Thomas. Laureen Asio and Thomas, her brother, so great to see both of you. How are you? To meet you. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you so much. Now, I know the two of you co-CEOs, this is obviously something you've worked on for quite some time. Maybe if you don't mind, Thomas, we can start with you. Maybe you could tell us a, bit, a little bit about your background, share with our listeners um, sort of your backstory. Well, uh, you know, I... Uh, joined the company to really help out with odds and ends. This fresh and lean venture is something that started, uh, you know, as a garage operation, so to speak. The first meals were made in Lorene's kitchen for, for friends and family. And uh, as this became a business, I came in to sort of help out with the odds and ends. Pretty soon, those odds and ends became my whole life as we really got absorbed into this journey of creating this, this company. And seeing this amazing opportunity to create a great brand uh, that actually does some good in the world. So it was, you know, definitely a, a difficult journey in the early days, but it's been fantastic and just an amazing opportunity. So Thomas, I hear that, you know, if you weren't running a major nutrition company, that you would be a pro race car driver if you had the chance? Yeah, uh, <laughs> but racing cars just kind of seem maybe a little bit dull and all of that dangerous. So I tried my hand at business instead. And uh, here we are. I'm sure uh, glad. I'm sure there's many people that are glad that this that you took this route. Now, Laureen, we got to talk to you because this was sort of your idea, right? This is what you started. And, you know, we also know, let's talk about this too, before we get started. I want to hear the backstory, Lori, how the company started, but let's just give you some love here. You know, you were named Forbes's 30 under 30 list in the food and dream category, but I also saw the mom of several special animals. Can we learn a little bit about that? 
<laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I have quite the farm. Um, so if you want to dive in, I have, you know, horses. It's I've been an equestrian lover my whole entire life. Um, and so, you know, being able to do that into my adult life now has been just such a treat. Um, really trying to, you know, find that balance between business and, and how to clear your head. So horses are a huge part of my life. Um, also have some goats some chickens as well, um, which is, you know, amazing also being in the food industry and having that passion to cook. I have that resource right there at home. You know, you can't get more fresh and organic than a coop in your backyard. Um, so it's been amazing. And I have, you know, some dogs and a cat. So just trying to really hit on all of the animal categories. I <laughs> see. A couple koi fish too. Yeah, yeah. it's a fish. <laughs> Very inclusive, Lori. I'm loving this. Very inclusive yeah. mom I try. Here. I know. I love this. And some some of you are listening and probably wondering where Laureen and Thomas are, right? Thinking, you're thinking farm, you're thinking, <laughs> you might not be thinking where they actually are. Believe it or not, we're actually all joining you today from Southern California. Believe it or not, you can actually find property, keep animals here in Southern California. So very, it's very- a sliver. A sliver. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll Slivers of property found around Southern California, but yes. <laughs> I love it, I love it. So you get fresh produce at home. You're talking about super fresh, super nutritious. So Laureen, can you talk to us about about the backstory, fresh and lean. How did it start? What was the motivation? I know this is quite personal for you, right? Absolutely. You know, fresh and lean started with family, and really, it started. Our father's health was on the decline, and we had to figure out a way to help him out to, you know, keep him around. And so, it really came down to nutrition. There's so there's such easy access to processed food, and it's such you know, we don't realize the more we eat processed food and how easy it is, the faster our health kind of goes down that road. So we saw an opportunity to not only help him, but really to help as many Americans as possible. So I started in my kitchen, in my apartment, um, as Thomas mentioned, really a garage operation. And, and I was going to school at the time as well. And on the weekends, I would take the meals that I created and kind of hand deliver them and just saw an opportunity to, like I said, feed as many million, or I'm sorry, as many Americans as possible. And that really has still been um, the mission today. So it started with family and we believe that it still is with family, whether it's um, our employees or you know the people that we're serving. We see them as so much more than just customers eating our food. It really kind of goes along this mission and journey that we're on with them. So Lorraine, it started with dad, right? And so let me ask you this, have you always been interested in nutrition? Um, is this something that at home, like you understood the importance of what to eat and what not to eat? Because I mean, 18 years old is when you started. Most kids are thinking about what they're gonna do, you know, which college they're gonna go to or what they're gonna wear to prom. But you were already thinking, you know, starting a business. I'm guessing that this was probably not your first business venture, or was it? It actually was. Um, you know, I think we grew up in a very entrepreneurial style home where speaking about business or throwing out ideas was like, kind of on the forefront and very, you know, welcomed, which was great. So the idea of starting a business was not super scary, just because we've always kind of been open in that way. Um, but, you know, what I will say is that I was never really, I guess nutrition was never introduced to me in this way until my father had this health scare. However, growing up in a European style family, food was always a center of attention. So we, you know, cooked every meal. Our parents were very into, you know, sitting down at the dinner table and having a very personal relationship with food. And food really brought us together. So not only, you know, did we look at it from a hey, we need to eat this to, you know, feed our bodies. But this is a way where we bring, you know, our family together as well. So seeing kind of that personal relationship with food, it 
just made sense to create a business around food as well, just from that passion. Uh, but I would say that, you know, seeing what our father went through and kind of the mission behind that, there was more of a focus on health after that and really learning about the nuances of health and what is good to fuel your body and what ingredients are, you know, should be used and what to avoid um, and so on and so forth. So there, there's definitely um, more of a learning angle to it um, once that clear mission was was paved, excuse me. I want to come back to this too. You know, Lorraine, a lot of us recognize the importance of eating healthier, right? I certainly can relate to the fact that when my dad was not as healthy as he should have, we would, you know, tell him, we would pester him and remind him to eat this or eat that. Um, but there's one thing to cook for your loved ones, but there's another thing to do the size of operation that you're doing. Did you think that when you first started that it would it would grow to be this size? So, you know, the simple answer is no, but I think it's because I didn't go into it thinking that I wanted to build a huge successful, you know, business as we have today. It was really built on this like mission and this drive to help people. And so what I will say is that going into it and when we started the business, I, I just, I saw such an opportunity and I, and I knew that failing or not allowing it to see its potential was just not an option, but I was never focused on that end goal. I never said to myself, you know, in 10 years, you know, we want to make a um, hundred plus million in revenue. That's just not, you know, where my mind was at. And it's still not where my mind is at today. Uh, my mind is, you know, super focused on the mission and just driving that home. And, you know, again, making really delicious, organic, accessible meals to as many people as possible. And the beautiful thing is that in that journey, um, we are able to create a really beautiful business that um, has, you know, done great growth over the years um, and stay profitable as we do it as well. So it's really nice having kind of both of those worlds. Um, but again, I, I never was one to really focus on that side of things. Well, what a blessing and what a gift, right? That you're helping so many people. Um, let me ask you this, Thomas. So, you know, you've run successful business in the past. You have your entrepreneur drive and your experience. Your sister wants to serve more people healthy, organic food. Um, and we know that's not always smooth sailing to work with family. Um, what brought you into this equation? How has it been? You know, it, it really started with, uh, as a family, we, we help each other, we support each other, right? And so we could see this journey starting to form. We could see a cause. We could sort of even though we didn't know as much in the early days, we can kind of see some trends form in the way that people were behaving in America, their relationship with food, the care about the provenance of their food. We could see that meal kits were becoming a thing. And so it just kind of made sense to go one step up the convenience chain and say, let's get people ready to eat meals. Um, all these things were right in front of us. And at the same time, starting a business from scratch bootstrapped is, is you know, a really difficult thing. Anybody who's done it will tell you uh, it took a lot of grit, a lot of perseverance. So I think for us, um, having that level of support to help each other through, it was probably what drew me in, in the first place. And then joining this incredible endeavor is, you know, obviously what kept me there when our interests were aligned. Um, and, and just really relying on each other for that entrepreneurial grit that got us through those first few lean and mean years. I mean, it wasn't easy. And we've got the battle scars to prove it, right? But um, I think that was really it. The, the journey, you know, that we were about to embark on was was really the the lure in the early days. Now, do you feel like, as being co-CEOs and being siblings, do you feel like it was an advantage or a disadvantage um, starting your business together? 
What I'll say about that is, you know, Loreen being, you know, a first time entrepreneur, so young, me being just a little bit older, but honestly not that much more experienced, you know, there was so much to learn. Um, I, I wear as a badge of honor that, you know, I, I didn't know much about e-com, not really. I don't know how much Lorene knew about QA and all these other things, but we all had to learn. So, so the ability to basically split up, focus on key areas of the business, I think really accelerated the learning curve that just needed to happen. Uh, and that's how we've leaned on each other actually to this date. And I think that's what we continue to do. So you sort of, if I'm hearing you right, you sort of um, are managing two different areas of your very large business. Is that pretty accurate? I like to say I, I focus on what comes in and Lorraine focus on what goes out. Amazing. So, so, you know, that means basically I, I focus a lot on marketing, tech, you know, finance, while Lorraine really oversees the product, the operations, the, the logistics. And we meet in the middle to, to keep it profitable. Uh, that was always a necessity, you know, I mean, more than a choice. It was really a necessity to, to, to keep the lights on. And uh, that continues to this day. And who's the better cook of the two of you? Easily Lorraine. Yeah, I would have to say me. <laughs> no contest. Good, good answer there. Good answer there, Thomas. <laughs> All right, so I want to ask you this, because I, I really love to learn more about this. You know, um, how do you tackle challenges when you're running a business together? It's hard enough when there's one person in charge, right? But then you've got two people. But it sounds like, I think you sort of touched upon sort of that magic smart point as we run the business together, but we're very clear on defined roles. One person on what comes in and one person focuses on what goes out. Do you, so talk a little bit more about that, if you will. Like how long did it get to till you recognize that that was sort of the better role for you? Did you, did you step on each other's feet? And at what point did it make sense to have that sort of clarity? Um, well, I can speak to that a little bit. I think the one thing that's great about, you know, focusing on, on these different areas is that we can kind of leverage our strengths. Um, and then when, you know, our weaknesses, which, you know, everybody has them, we can kind of come together in those moments. So, you know, my strengths are, you know, within the operations side of things and something that I feel super comfortable doing, um, something that I'm very passionate about. And then, you know, I'm not so strong in these other areas where Thomas comes in and is, is super strong. And I think that that is a huge benefit of having the two of us, um, you know, and, and focusing on those things. You can't be all things to all things, right? Um, and then, you know, what I'll talk about, you know, when it comes to challenges, it depends on which area we're talking about. But what's nice is that two heads are better than one. And so when something arises and, you know, I can't come up with a good solution or Thomas can't come up with a good solution, we have the other person there to kind of bounce ideas off of. And that um, makes it makes it great. Uh, the other thing that I'll talk about when we think about challenges in a business like ours, where we have to be super careful and calculated on how we approach things. Um, we don't have, we didn't, and still to this day, didn't have a lot of funding. And so everything that came up had to be, um, you know, touched on very thoughtfully. So if there was a problem that arose, uh, you know, we have to uh, tackle it very mindfully and thoughtfully, because if we make the wrong decision, that could be, you know, millions of dollars or whatever the case may be. And we just don't have the opportunity like that. So when it comes to those things, it's good to have a second person to kind of, you know, have that balance and kind of see where the other person's mind is at. And we'll be right back with Laureen and Thomas in just a moment. I'm Kwame Christian, and I am the CEO of the American Negotiation Institute, and I want you to check out my podcast, Negotiate Real Change. Listen to conversations with leaders in the diversity, equity, and inclusion space, and learn the secrets behind what it really takes to become a successful advocate, ally, and change maker in your organization. Check out Negotiate Real Change on your favorite podcast player.
So can you give us an idea of the size of this business? Um, how much is this market share? Like how big of an audience, you know, prefers to have smart choices made on their dinner table for them? It's, uh, it's the category is growing incredibly fast. Um, but that said, the e-commerce penetration of the food and beverage space is still tiny. I think it's somewhere in the vicinity of 5% for a 1.1 or $1.2 trillion food and beverage space. The, the ready to eat, uh, direct to consumer category is, is maybe today a, a billion and a half, but it's growing very, very quickly. Uh, and of course, as people might imagine, it's easy to see now, uh, you know, there was certainly some COVID tailwinds within the category is. It was difficult to get to grocery stores. There's a lot of uncertainty. So, so certainly the category was pushed forward in 2020 and it continues to, to accelerate now. I love it. So let's talk about your business if we can, right? Um, how do consumers get to your products? Do they order online? Do they go to stores? Where is it that you are available to them? The, the, the primary focus for us is, is online, direct to consumer sales. So freshenling.com uh, <laughs> is the website that you would go to. And then that's where you would see all of our plans. A key differentiator for us is, is a lot of variety of dieting. So if you're a person who wants to eat just healthy, um, and let's just leave it at that, you have, you know, 14 entrees that we can deliver you every single week and some breakfast. But if you're a hardcore paleo dieter, or you're really interested in, in strict keto dieting or vegan, we also have, uh, 14 entrees for you each and every single week. It's, it's part of a certain simplicity of manufacturing that Lorraine has developed uh, kind of early on, actually, um, that allows us to really be a sustainable option for eating healthy for, for a really wide range of people. I love that. So let's talk about this. You know, we've heard, and you heard me talk about this earlier too, is supply chain issues, right? We know that this has been an issue that's touched upon businesses across the United States and even globally of just the cost of goods, inflation costs. How have you been able to navigate in this environment for your business? Because obviously, you know, the pandemic has changed businesses of all sizes, right? And we do know that fresh food, um, there's more demand than ever. So how has your business sort of navigated this time? Well, I think that COVID, at the beginning of COVID, when everyone was afraid and not knowing kind of what was going to happen with supply chain, it was a good way for us to kind of pivot our strategy when we looked at how we ordered and the different, you know, items that we needed. So, you know, taking the learnings from the beginning of COVID and then, you know, through it and then looking at supply chain issues now, I think that we have a much different perspective of how we look at our purchasing cycle. Um, the other thing is that we just have to be flexible as a company. And what I mean by that is that when you, you know, develop these recipes, sometimes on the fly, there might be an ingredient that comes in as more expensive than we want to um, be purchasing. And so we have to pivot. And so I think, you know, the biggest thing is our relationships. Um, and then the ability to be flexible. We've garnered some really great relationships with farmers um, and, you know, different vendors when it when we look at food and the ingredients that we need. And the relationships are key because we then can really hone in on exactly what we need and really tap into those resources in times that, you know, maybe somebody else can't get, you know, the products that we need. But because of our relationships, we might, you know, be first in line or, or however you want to look at it. Um, and so that's been a key thing. And then the other thing is just looking at the cost of ingredients. Um, it's happening everywhere. And so we have to just strategically focus on the composition of our meals or, or how we, you know, 
con um, convey that to our customers. And there's just a lot of different things that we have to look at. But I will say that I'm super proud of our team and what we've been able to accomplish because, you know, through the pandemic and even now looking at the supply chain issues, um, we've been able to stay very, very strong and been able to offer our customers pretty much the same exact thing. And so they, they haven't seen um, which is really our job is they haven't seen any disruption, right? Our job is to make sure that we deliver the product and it's still at the highest quality, the best ingredients, um, and that it's seamless, right? And we're able to consistently do that. And that's our number one priority. Yeah, it, it, it sounds so smart. And I think because you're able to plan ahead, right? And you're able to buy in bulk and you're making a lot of decisions for the consumer. And in some ways, like, there's almost probably less waste, right? They're not making bad decisions. And I know this was driven initially to help your dad with his health. And they, and as we do know, right? Health is wealth. So this is, this is key. So thank you so much for sharing that. You know, let's talk about disappointments for a moment. And I think, you know, as an entrepreneur, I know if you ask me sort of challenges and disappointments that I've had in my career, goodness, I mean, I'm like, how many hours do you have, right? Let's talk about some of the toughest challenges that you have experienced in your company, um, maybe even in the early days of business. Maybe you could talk about that. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, for me, I would say, how do we scale? I think that's the biggest challenge that we faced, um, at least on our end for the manufacturing side. How do you scale to uh, to accommodate a large volume with no outside capital? Um, and, you know, how, how does that look? Also, you know, looking at how to gain efficiencies, you know, you bring in a lot of staff and things like that, but that's not always the answer. So, I think just really being mindful of those things and, and thinking about how we scale the business, that was probably, and still to this day, um, a huge difficulty because as we you know grow, just because we're growing doesn't mean that we want to put those resources towards things that are unnecessary. So we're consistently looking at how to be more efficient, how to be more productive, and how to put out the most meals as we can with less. So scalability is a huge factor and has always been. Yeah, I can see that being really a struggle. I mean, it's one thing to, right, um, or to create a great dish and that everybody loves, but it's another thing to make. I don't know how many, I can only imagine how many copies of this dish that you have to, to make and ship out and your team has to make out and ship out, I should say. Um, let's, let's talk about that, Thomas. Maybe something that maybe surprised you or you thought was a challenge that you faced in the early days. Well, the early days were just a challenge, period, every day, right? Uh, being a bootstrapped organization, it just really, really was. And it was very stressful. And then you sometimes wonder, you know, if and when we were going to see the light at the end of that tunnel. And so a real challenge was to, to stick to it, to really hang in there and to show that grit so that in the face of those challenges, we came up with solutions to be very efficient. Right. So, so on the marketing end with, with no budget, what do you do? You need to bring in customers, but you can't spend it, spend money to get them. Um, and so it was about being resourceful. It was about saying, for example, uh, the meal kits are spending, the meal kit companies are spending a lot of money bringing legitimacy to our space. Let's focus on SEO and make sure that we're able to capture a lot of that audience as people search for it. Let's make sure that we have a website that's very efficient in converting and onboarding customers. Let's set up a lot of testing. Let's be very data-driven. Um, everything that we could do within our power that didn't involve spending millions of dollars, basically, is what we would do. And so keeping that focus when it's simultaneously difficult to keep the lights on is certainly a huge challenge. Um, but we just learned to keep making baby steps every single day. Um, 
I think that might be, you know, the, the key to, to us surviving the early days. Well, you know, we've seen uh, Evie on YouTube Live has shared with us that I've been eating fresh and lean uh, for weeks now. And she says that, uh, I think it's she saying my own mindset has changed for the best. I feel energized and more focused on daily tasks to what I put into my body now. Thank you. And I think that would, that's something that's that is great. Awesome. Yeah, so I think that there's probably a lot of people that feel this way, right? It's taking away that challenge, having it delivered right to the door so I can just focus on doing what I do best. You know, Thomas, I gotta, I gotta uh, give it up for you. I mean, that's a lot to think about SEO and think about website and think about all these things. Can you talk a little bit about how uh, big a role social media has played for your business? Um, not as much. Candidly, and it's becoming something that's that's more and more relevant. Um, I think a, a big a big thing actually, something you just touched on was was establishing a clear brand purpose. Fresh and Lean exists to help you be the best version of you. For basically, like you couldn't have that that was my pitch you just gave, right? Where you have quality fuel that arrives at your door and it's easy and it's available, that liberates you to do the things you love and care about and really focus on those things. Establishing that key that core brand purpose. And using that to, to springboard everything off of it is is certainly something that uh, that we had to think about, and it took a while. Um, but but really, it was it was a key key thing for us, and it's key today in terms of how we position the brand in this space. That seems to be pretty widely divided between these big sort of mass market appeal or kind of niche brands with uh, narrow reach, like gym focused stuff. The, the thing that you just mentioned, I think, is is far more relevant, and it was a big piece for us to think through. Well, Lori, I'm going to guess that, I mean, one of the pros of being in this business is you don't really have to worry about what you're going to eat for your, you know, meals of the day. So I'm curious because I, I know we know and Thomas said the same thing that you are definitely a very skilled cook here. So we want to know um, what is your favorite meal that you offer? It's hard to pinpoint down one meal, but what I will say is as a category, anything salmon. I will say that, you know, I cook a lot of salmon at home, um, but our salmon that we serve um, to our customers and our meals is just amazing. And um, so big uh, hats off to our culinary team because they just do such an amazing job executing those meals. So really good salmon. Did you hear right? Okay, that's good to know. All right, Thomas, are you a salmon fan or is there something else that rocks your world? I like the salmon, but I'm a, I'm a braised beef guy. <laughs> I like our braised beef dish, uh, dishes. Let's talk about relaxation. And I know most entrepreneurs are like, I don't even know what that means, Winnie. But relaxation, what's it look like for you? What do you do to personally recalibrate and just recharge? So you're right. It's hard to, you know, I, I feel like I don't know what relaxation means like as a whole. But if I think about what to me, it might feel like would be just talking about my animals, um, you know, being in nature, being with the animals, um, really trying to, you know, relax and be more front of mind, be present um, and just really try to be the best version of myself so that I can kind of bring that back to the business as well. Uh, and that's, you know, it's been such a key for me. So I, it always comes back to the animals and my love for animals. Lorraine, <laughs> do the animals get to eat fresh and lean too? <laughs> uh, they do not get to eat fresh and lean but they do eat lean i would say and fresh at the same time so <laughs> i feel like that's the next chapter i mean your children at home want some of this good cooking too <laughs> i know i know 
I love it. I love it. Okay, Thomas. Well, you know, that means we asked you a question. I, and I really want to know this, you know, right. I do think that like everybody has their own sort of yes factor or, you know, some people call it their superpower. What would you say is the superpower or yes factor of Thomas? Touching back on what we just said, like that uh, sticking to it, sticking to your mission when the going gets tough every day, right, is a superpower uh, that I think everybody has, but it's easier said than done. Uh, and so I think that our superpower is that we just stuck to the mission and believed in it. We were willing to do just about anything but quit. And, and that I think is, is uh, what I look back on as, as maybe our biggest strengths. The endurance, right? Just taking it day by day. All right. We do have some audience questions. I hope you don't mind taking this. So Laureen, we want to know what's your favorite herb? This comes from Vicky on Facebook Live. Ooh, that's a tough question because there are so many good ones. Um, I would say when you talk about fresh herbs, uh, mint has just such like a strong and like beautiful kind of like presence to it. You can never go wrong with basil just because it's so complementary to so many types of dishes. Um, and so I would say that those two are, you know, kind of versatile, but, but also um, really beautiful to use. Amazing. All right. So you heard it, Vicky. I asked your question for you. So hopefully that was helpful. Thank you so much for both of you, Laureen, for Thomas. Thank you so much for being here with us. Such a treat to get to know you. And what, got to say congratulations on building Fresh and Lean so successfully for, you know, at such a young age. So impressive entrepreneurship and really, really excited to see what's next. So let's ask you this. What's next for the company and what didn't they ask you? I, I don't know. We talked about a lot, which was great. Um, and, and thank you for having us on. We really appreciate it. What I would say is next for the company is I think we're going to continue to grow. Um, again, we're super on this mission to feed as many people as possible, bring super high quality nutrition, um, and we'll continue to do so. And that's a huge driver for me. Um, you know, I can't speak for Thomas, but I know that he feels super passionate as well about it. Absolutely. I mean, like this is an opportunity to create a, a company that'll be really great and a brand that'll last. And to Lorraine's point, uh, leveraging the strengths of our, our offerings to basically slice step into things like food as medicine is a big initiative that we see around the corner and one that we think competitors can't follow us into. So quality food for all and as many avenues as we can use to get it there. That's what we plan to keep doing. I don't know about you, but after listening to that interview, I suspect you may be hungry for food and a fresh start at entrepreneurship. Tell me, does a story like that inspire you to try a new direction in your own career or business? I'd love to hear from you. Reach out and let me know your perspective. Please follow me here. Look me up on LinkedIn or anywhere else. Use social and say hello. I'd love to hear from you. To learn more about me or to book a professional speaker for your next event, please visit winniesun.com. And join me again next week as we share another new episode of Yes Factor with you. Thank you and be well.